0: Oh, this thing's uptown. I'm a little nervous about about it moving so much. We'll see how this goes. We'll give it a shot. If you've got your scriptures, one of the um, primary texts we're going to land on uh, a little bit later is Mark chapter five. Mark chapter five, and um, I I want to share something. This is probably the last time I'll be here for quite a while. I know with you guys uh, rolling into Sunday morning, uh, which I think is an exceptional move. uh, been able a chance to come down uh, periodically on Saturday night, so our prayers are with everything that 's going on here and i 'm just excited how God is going to move in incredible ways. Uh, but I was thinking about Sean uh, the other day, and so I wanted to share something happened in our family uh, a couple of winters ago my daughter our youngest daughter, Danielle, was coming back from Moody Bible Institute and uh, uh, If you have kids, you know what that 's like when it 's winter and they 're driving home and you 're nervous and So she calls my wife, and she said, I think my tire's low. I'm going to pull on the gas station, which is code for get her coats on and start driving up to Chicago, because we were going to meet them. So I'm getting out of bed, and and, Marie said, don't get nervous. And she said, just ask somebody that looks nice to check the air. Now she's crying. And uh, so I get on the phone. I'm like, okay, how low do you think it is? And she goes, Dad, you should have showed me all that. And I said, okay, time out, you know. So anyway, uh, I said, is there an air pump there? And she said, I don't think so. And I said, go find out where the nearest gas station is where you can get air. And they said, it's just a few miles down the road. So she goes there and, and now she's creeped out. Like, I know, I'm, I know something bad's gonna happen. She gets this gas station and it's on the side of the building, not well lit. And, and now she's really nervous. And now she's really crying, you know? And my wife's talking to her during this whole episode and I'm like, it's just air and a tire. You know, anyway, uh, so anyway, um, as she's crying, all of a sudden a van out of nowhere pulls up, window comes down. And Marie's narrating this to me. You know, there's a guy coming up. It's a van. The, he's pulling the window down. And the guy, and you could hear him. he said, oh, you know, he said, hey, 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 is everything okay? And she said, um, no. It's not okay at all, you know, and, you know, my dad should have showed me how to do that, you know, so anyway, and so he goes, don't worry about it, and here's the coolest thing, then he rolled the other window down, and all all of a sudden, she could hear the kids, and he goes, I'm a family man, and we're like, oh, Danielle, trust that guy, he's a van, he's a family man, you know, so last Sunday, uh, one of the things that we do on the west side is we're putting all the stuff up, and I just look over, and and Sean is just dancing with his little girls, and this is what I love about Sean, he's a family man. He is a pastor at heart. And let me tell you, that's a big deal. Uh, you you could have a lot of folks leading, but I'll, I'll, I'll take a family man every time. And I really mean that. And uh, Sean, I don't tell you that enough. And uh, that's, a, that's a big deal. And your little girls someday will be my little girl's age, and they're married, and they're still your little girls, you know, and that'll never change. I'm gonna teach them how to them. Yeah, do that real quick, yeah. <laughs> It'll come back to bite you. So anyway, uh, so segue from that in tonight, we're going to talk about the devil. So good times. Yeah. Okay. So let's pray and then we're going to dive in. Heavenly Father, we just, uh, we cannot thank you enough and praise you enough for what you have done in our lives. And Lord, within us is the power and the strength through your spirit uh, to overcome the obstacles of this world. Uh, We hear an awful lot about Satan, a lot about uh, his power and his strength. But Lord, tonight I hope more than anything else that I can just present your word in a way that we win. We win because of your son. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Uh, We're going to continue on in this series of the supernatural. And uh, the theme tonight is just basically uh, Satan and demons. Uh, Good times. Yeah, I'm glad we got to do that one. George Barnes said this in his research revealed that three out of five Americans do not believe in the existence of a literal devil. Uh, Satan is merely a symbol of evil. Uh, Interestingly enough, 50% of all Christians now do not believe in a literal devil. And what's happened is uh, we've leaned into our culture, and I believe we've leaned, leaned into entertainment, and so we've almost made Satan a cartoon. Uh, we all know we've seen the pictures of uh, Satan in a red suit, or horns, a ponytail, a pitchfork. Or if you're watching the tournament now, he's a blue devil, and he, he resides at Duke University. <laughs> we've heard a lot about the devil. Uh, you may have heard this story. It's a, it's a sad story. Uh, churches have a lot of struggles, and uh, you know Satan isn't like what we just described. Matter of fact, I, I think if he were to show up here tonight, uh, he would be beautiful. And people are drawn to Satan. But Satan actually walked into this church. And people just scattered. I mean, everybody ran out, except one guy sitting on the front pew. Satan walked all the way up the front, and he looked at him, and he said, Do you know who I am? And he said, Yeah. He said, Are you not afraid of me? He said, No. I married your sister. Now, you don't have... Oh, hello. (laughs) Hello. matter of fact, did you, hear about the, did you hear about the dyslexic atheist that kept showing up protesting and nobody could figure out why he kept protesting with the sign that said, dog is dead? <laughs> yeah, tonight you'll go, <laughs> that's funny. Okay. The Bible uses that word Satan or devil 82 times. Uh, The word demons is used 45 times. But I love this quote by Anne uh, Voskamp. She said, Satan prowls, but he's a lion on a leash. And remember that, Satan prowls, but he is a lion on a leash. This this, uh, evening, we're going to look at who Satan is, and we're going to reveal some of the important characteristics of Satan, which I would call stronghold, and then I think one of the greatest weapons we have against Satan. Robert Greene has a book called 33 Strategies of War. He studied Napoleon, Alexander the Great, uh, Lawrence of Arabia, Patton, and this is one common denominator of all great military leaders, and that is this, know your enemy. See, I believe too often uh, if we're not careful, we live our lives or people carry on as if there isn't an enemy, and uh, I'm here to tell you with all my heart I believe we are battling And enemy. So if you want to take some notes, I'm going to be throwing out quite a few scriptures here. Uh, And first of all, is who is Satan? Isaiah 14, 12. Who is Satan? Well, first of all, he is called the fallen angel. Uh, Here's what it says: Uh, How have you fallen from heaven, morning star, son of dawn? You have been cast down to earth, and you are once laid low by the nations. So we know right away that he is a fallen angel. That he was cast down from heaven and he was cast down. Now, this is important to where? Earth. Uh, if you talk to some folks, uh, you'll find out they have these strange beliefs about Satan. And one of them is Satan lives where? In hell. He's in hell. Well, that'd be great if he lived in hell because we wouldn't have to worry about him if that's where he dwells. But that's not where he dwells. Where does he dwell? With us, okay? Ezekiel 28, now this is one you need to go back and study more, but Ezekiel 28, verses 14 through 19, shares a little bit more about Satan and his characteristics. He was anointed the guardian of the cherubim. So, in other words, here's these beautiful angels, and he is over all of those angels. We also know that he was blameless until it says wickedness found him. He was then filled with violence. And what was it that drove Satan away from God? If you could take one characteristic that drove him and separated him from God, what would you say it'd be? What was that, jealousy? Anybody else? Pride. pride. I think it's pride. I think he couldn't handle that he was beautiful, but not truly in charge. If you fast forward to 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen, it says this about false teachers. False teachers, deceitful workers, masquerade as angels or apostles of Christ. No wonder Satan masquerades as an angel of what? Light. That's what he does. Uh, It's his greatest weapon. Uh, Again, I think the culture paints him out to be hideous. But I think there's a reason people are drawn to the ways of Satan, the angel of light. He's also the father of lies. John 8, 44 says this. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar, the father of lies. There's only three times in Scripture that Satan actually speaks. Anybody know what those three times are? What would be the first time? Yeah, in the garden. He speaks in the garden of Adam and Eve. Um, Then in Job... Uh, chapters 1 and 2, he speaks directly to God. We get to hear this conversation talking about Job. And then he speaks to Jesus in Matthew 4 with the temptations. And if you looked at every one of those conversations, you'll see that Satan is truly the father of lies. He'll take a truth and he'll tilt it just enough that he'll lead. And and we've all been there. He can just lead us down a path. And we're like, how did we ever get there? And it's these half-lies Satan is the father of lies. 1 Peter 5.8 said, Satan is a roaring lion. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So (coughs) I really love, I don't know why I'm a nerd. I love to research this stuff. So I did a little research on a lion's roar. How many of you have ever heard a lion's roar? Anybody ever hear that alive? I'm not talking. You've watched Lion King a few times. I mean, you've actually seen a, heard it. Okay, you'll never forget it. Uh, a, a few years ago, we were at the Lincoln Zoo up in Chicago, and it wasn't a full roar. They do this gruff. Have you ever heard that? Woof. It sounds pretty cool. And uh, everybody in the zoo started running. And I, I'm I got you know I got your little iPhone out. and I'm looking at him. And uh, this dude's just gruffing, and I, I wedged myself in there, and then it looked like a seen out of the Lion King. This dude just pounced and walked up the top of those rocks, and I'm like, that is awesome. You know, it was just the coolest thing. And then I asked this a few weeks ago, <laughs> and a guy in our group, and there's supposed to be a place up, I've got to go to it now. If you go to Bowling Green, Indiana, uh, between Bowling Green and Terre Haute, there's a, a, a place where they have, I guess, a lot of tigers and stuff, and they said it's amazing, and this guy was telling me in our Bible study, have you, you guys been here? Is it is it pretty cool? What's it called? 200, okay. And a guy in our Bible study said he heard a full like roar. Now, a lion's roar can be heard up to five miles away. It can reach, this is unreal, it can reach a decimal level uh, that's 25 times that of a lawnmower. So you start thinking about the power of a roar. Now, I used to think they, they are roaring uh, because they're on the prey. And what I found in lions and the prides, they roar so that they can see and hear where the other lions and the prides are at. And the louder and the deeper the roar, the bigger the territory. So when you hear a huge roar, that allows the other tigers to know, I'm not the other lions. I'm not going over in that territory. That's, that's his territory. But the other thing that's interesting is the lions don't do the majority of the hunting. Who does that? It's the lionesses. It's a, it's a great system. And that it is the coolest thing, is, and I've heard this, is that when there's a huge roar, a lot of times what the lionesses will do is all it takes is the prey. It just takes one prey to freeze because of the fear of that roar. And then they know there's the weak one, and that's who they bring down. And I want you to think how Satan as a lion works in our lives. And what area of your life is he looking at and examining and prowling like a lion? And here's the thing. The pride of Satan, if he's roaring, he could care less that he is in your life. He doesn't care that you know he's coming after you. Matter of fact, he enjoys the fact because then you live in fear. And see, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We don't need to fear Satan. We need to be aware of Satan but we don't need to fear him. And I want to share with you, uh, this came out of a study a few weeks ago, out of Mark 5. And this, I think, is really interesting. It's is what I would call characteristics, not so much of demon possession. I don't want to get into demon possession. But strongholds. And here's why I put it this way. C.S. Lewis said this, and I'm paraphrasing C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis said, there is, a, there is two extreme uh, mistakes that people make when they, when they study the life Of Satan and demons the first mistake is um, they don't take him seriously at all they live their lives as if Satan doesn't exist the other one is they become extremely excessively curious about Satan and God doesn't want us there either is Satan out there yeah but we do need to realize that we shouldn't dismiss as we read through scriptures and we read about Jesus confronting demons we shouldn't say, you know what, that doesn't apply to me. I mean, I don't have any demons in my life. I, I don't have anybody that's demon-possessed. So we just kind of check that off as if it, it's not really important. But let me tell you something. Think of how many times Jesus encountered demons. And think of the strongholds that are in people's lives. You know what a stronghold is? A stronghold is a something that is fortified and protected that can't get through. And there are individuals, and we've all been there, that there's a stronghold in your life, and you may not say that's demon possession, but let me tell you something. A stronghold, uh, if you don't allow Jesus Christ to get through, can ruin your life. You talk to men and women who have battled addiction, and you talk to folks that have had strongholds in their life, and they'll tell you (coughs) how devastating those strongholds can be. That's why tonight I just want to take a few moments, and in this text about Jesus, and he simply says, get in the boat, and we're going to go on the other side, and as they get in that boat, and they make their way to the other side, there's a major storm. Remember, Jesus was asleep, and they woke him up, and they were terrified, and that's what Jesus always does to grow our faith. He always takes us to the other side. He always pushes us out of our comfort zone, and that's exactly what he does here. He said, let's get in the boat, and imagine these disciples, and they're just dripping wet, and they're ice cold, and they're terrified, and they're probably thinking, oh, yeah, that's what Jesus wanted to teach us, that in the storms, you know. And so that finally calmed down, and then they come to the shore, and we get to Mark 5, and what happens? This guy comes running out of the tombs, and he's possessed by a demon? No, several demons. Remember, if you've got your scriptures, turn with me, and let's pick it up in verse 2. It says this, When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came out of the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had been chained hand and foot. He tore the chains apart. He broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out. He would cut himself the stones. And when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and he fell on his knees. And in front of him, he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High? And in God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. And then Jesus asked him, What is your name? And he said, my name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. Let me just pause there. There's a lot going on there. And I want to just point out there are some strongholds there. And those strongholds, I think, apply to what we have to deal with in our lives. When somebody's battling a stronghold, just like this individual who is tortured, you'll see a severe personality change. There may be people that we care deeply about, and you start seeing a severe personality change. You may see somebody who's openly opposed to spiritual things, and that usually will lead to isolation. Somebody who's battling a stronghold, they just start really pulling away from other people, especially those that care about them. Self-destruction. You know, you just picture this guy, and he's just cutting himself, and he's in agony, and we see when people are battling strongholds, they, they just hurt themselves. And then ultimately, he said, what? What's your name? And he said, I am legion. There are many spirits in me. That word legion is actually a military term, which is the equivalent of several hundred or thousands of Roman soldiers. I mean, he's saying, my life is not my own anymore. And I tell you, when somebody's going down the wrong trail, you know what they do first? They, they start cutting all the relationships that are healthy And they just start building other relationships. And they have a lot of relationships that lead them down a place they never wanted to go. Have you seen that? Some of you have experienced some of this. And it's very real. I had a group of men and I said, do you believe in strongholds? Even if you've never dealt with demon possession, I said, do you believe in strongholds? And they said, oh, absolutely. I said, do you think Satan has anything to do with strongholds? And I said, I never thought of it that way. Satan has a lot to do with the strongholds in our life, but we need to realize that the great news is we have a Savior that loves us, and he isn't about to let us just die that way. Just like this individual, what I love is that Jesus offered hope at one of our elders. You would have loved this. Uh, this is a month or so ago in our men's Bible study over on the east side, <clears throat> and we were getting in we were talking about demon possession and had all I bet I had four or five of our elders up there, and one of the questions was, Have you ever dealt specifically with demon possession? And one of our elders said, Absolutely, we've dealt with that. That's pretty intense. And then one of the other questions that came out was just, What do you do? I mean, what do you do when somebody is dealing with and they're that deep into just pain. And I just love the responses is that you handle it with love and the power and we're going to talk about this, the power of prayer. I mean, You've got to surrender and let Jesus do what only Jesus can do. That's what you do. It's not about our strength because we don't have the strength. It's about His strength. Now, let me tell you, churches, they don't talk about this a lot. I understand that. You're not going to pick up a bulletin and it's not going to say, hey, next Sunday potluck at noon, Uh, exorcism at two. I mean it doesn't work like that. You know, I get that. And you don't want people to walk around like, oh there's a there's a demon around every bush. I'm not saying that, but I tell you what, I think we do need to realize this is real. And praying in the name of Jesus is real. And one of our elders, he said, John, the more I've studied this text and others, have you ever noticed that Jesus never criticized the individual? He always showed compassion. He always took it out on the demons. But he never said, you know what, what is your problem? How did you ever get into this situation? No, he always showed compassion. And that's our job as a church, to show compassion with anybody who's battling these strongholds in life. But we have a weapon. Ephesians 6.18, I love this. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert. And always keep praying for all of the Lord's people. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, take captive what? Every thought. That's where it begins. If somebody were to ask me, how does somebody get to the point in their life where a stronghold has just taken them, it's all about your thoughts. Now, Satan can't get in our minds, can he? We know that. God can read our thoughts. Satan can't. But Satan can do everything to put something in our minds. Uh, Zig Ziglar, years ago, used to say, "Stinking thinking," and all it takes is a thought, and you begin to focus on that thought, and God, uh, or Satan, will rob you of your joy. I was thinking about this uh, in my life, um, and I guarantee some of you probably deal with the same thing. All of us have things we're passionate about. Uh, When I was... (coughs) When I told my mom that I was going to go to Bible college to be a youth minister, uh, my mom had these beautiful blue eyes, and I can still see this, this smile. And she said, I saw that coming. And I said, you did. And uh, she said, John, you were the kid in the neighborhood who always made something happen. Anytime there was a game, anytime, you were the one rounding everybody up. And I was so proud of you when you're doing it for the right reasons. But we've had our time, and I'm, she was right, we've had our times when you use that the other way. And you've got kids to do things they shouldn't. I said, man, we don't have to remember. all. You know, there's no need. You know, let's, hit, let's stick with the, you know. And, um, I, and I've, all these years, I can tell you, I still my greatest joy, still, I don't know why I'm wired this way, <laughs> my greatest joy is to get a group of people to try to do something that they've never done before. I just love that. Like to take a challenge, get a group of people, and let's get it going. Now that's when I'm in my greatest joy. But let me tell you how Satan works. He does this all the time. is I'll have an idea, and I'll get so excited, and I sense God is moving, and then here comes that thought. Are you kidding me? In high school, you were a C student. In college, you were a C student. Do you know how many times you failed? And then he'll rewind it. You know how it goes? Oh yeah, do you remember this? How about this memory? You remember that? And all of a sudden these thoughts, and it's almost like a heavy blanket that just comes over me. Maybe some of you felt the same heaviness that comes over you. You're like, where is that coming from? And we tell you, that's not coming from God. That's not the Savior who died for us. He wants us to live in joy with him. I want you to know this one thing tonight Satan is a lion. But the lion in us is greater than the lion around us. Don't ever forget that. I want to read you a scripture, and this is what I think our greatest weapon is, is we continue to lift our voice up to God, continue to talk to him, allow him to talk to us, constantly praying. And then God, I think, through prayer will lay scripture on us, and he'll just keep feeding us and lifting us up. And this is a scripture I found about a month ago and i just keep reading it cuz i love it so much joel 316 the lord will roar from zion and thunder from jerusalem and earth and the heavens will tremble but the lord will be a refuge for his people a stronghold for the people of israel don't you love that the lord will roar from zion and thunder from jerusalem satan in your face that's what I got to say about that and you didn't win you're never gonna win you lost and the, the lion in you is greater than the lion around you what is it right now you're battling I mean seriously what is it right now is it what, what is the fear that's gripping you is it a health issue is it your job is it a relationship Maybe there's an upcoming move in your life. There's regrets. Maybe some of you right now are running from Jesus, and you know it. What are the fears you're battling right now? Because you've got you to gotta surrender those fears to Jesus Christ. That lion of Judah, he wants to roar in your life. Now, you've got to decide what you're going to do about it. And that decision is about giving everything back to him. Is Satan real? Absolutely. But did he win? We won.